Nós vimos então que se trata de nós reconhecermos We have therefore seen that it is a question of our recognizing the levels of consciousness or the worlds that express more elevated patterns so that our vehicles and our bodies may have a different vibration and that they may live more lucidly on other levels. And in this way, they may render greater service to humanity, greater service to the planet. And we have seen that the subtle world and its constituents can be located on the etheric level and on the astral level and the mental level. And that the conflict and the duality of the personality are in the subtle level or in the subtle world. We saw this. And we have also seen that it's in this world where the personality faces conflicts, where the personality has its consciousness, that the forces of chaos are in circulation. So, in our mental level, our emotional level, and our physical etheric level is precisely where the forces of chaos are in circulation. And this subtle level of ours, or this subtle world of ours, is currently being restructured by means of purification. So, you will see that on the level of the personality, there, on the physical, etheric level, the astral level, and the mental level, humanity is being intensely purified. Humanity is undergoing processes of purification that are actually violent. And you can see this by what happens all around and what happens to some people, to some beings. We can even say that this subtle world, the mental, the astral, and the physical etheric, is facing judgment. These worlds are facing judgment. So in our subtle worlds, that is, on the mental, the astral, and the physical etheric levels, all our matter is undergoing selection. And whatever the need may be for this to become reorganized, this will happen to us in the form of purification. But we all need purification on our subtle levels. We need purification for our subtle world to become restructured and for it to express new patterns, for it to function here on Earth, here on earthly levels, in a more positive way. This restructuring of our subtle world is taking place with the help of superhuman energies. Our subtle world cannot become reorganized with our energies alone. This calls for superhuman energy. It needs energy from the fiery worlds. The energy of the fiery worlds must come down to our subtle world. It must radiate to our subtle world in order to restructure our subtle level. So let us not be overly attracted, let us not be overly hypnotized by our subtle world, by our mental world, by our emotional world, our physical etheric world. 
No matter how good they may seem to be, let us not be riveted there, not be stuck there, because this subtle world of ours is being purified, it is being restructured. And for us not to be too passive in this purification, for us to be able to cooperate with this purification, with this reorganizing of our subtle world, since our mental level, our emotional level, our physical etheric level, as it stands, is impure, for us to be able to cooperate with this restructuring, we have to be aware of the fiery world, of that nucleus of ours which dwells in the fiery world, which is not the mental or the emotional or the physical etheric, but is our soul, our high self. So we have to be focused on our soul in the fiery world. We have to build this bridge. We have to invoke our soul. We have to have soul consciousness as our aim so that the restructuring of our subtle world may occur with the minimum of pain because sometimes it does hurt. Sometimes mental purification hurts a lot as you know from your own mental crisis. But whatever mental crisis might come, whatever emotional crisis might come or whatever physical etheric crisis might come, it is to be considered purification a reorganization of these vehicles on the subtle level. So if we take into account that it is a reorganization, if we consider that any crisis on these three levels is necessary, we will begin to draw energies from the fiery worlds, which resolve these crises and often without suffering. And this can very often happen in an extremely gentle way, with transformations occurring in the mind, and even with the transmutation of the physical brain. But for this to happen, the fiery world must exert influence and there must be consent of the soul or the energy. The soul must be present in this human process. And we have seen that the fiery world, this world in which our soul exists, and which is restructuring our subtle world. The fiery world is restructuring our mind, our emotions, and our physical etheric world. We have seen that this fiery world is composed of cosmic ether, a substance which is unknown to us here on the subtle level in the world of the personality, because the personality also contains ethers but they are not cosmic ethers, they are ethers from an animal level. So the ether of the personality is an animal ether. It's like the ether of the dogs, like the ether of the cats. But it is an ether that is specific to this subtle level. The fiery level is also composed of ethers except that these are cosmic ethers, not these ethers that we know in our body and on our physical level. So in this fiery world, we have our soul, our body of light, which is also a body unknown to us, and it is also there in the fiery world. 
And we have our monad, which also begins its functioning in the fiery world. And so when the monad evolves, it begins to function in the distant worlds. But in the beginning, the monad is also thoroughly focused on the fiery world. We have seen that in the distant worlds, we recognize ourselves as monads that are already developed. While our monads are not developed, they work in the fiery world, together with the body of light and the soul in the fiery world. But when the monad develops, it transcends this fiery level and begins to be present in the distant world where it finds its regent, which is an even deeper level of ours. And this regent, as you know, governs seven monads. So see how our evolution becomes broader and broader and we come closer and closer to greater realities. When the mind begins to perceive these things, when the mind begins to become aware of these things, the mind begins to ask itself, but am I a monad? And if the monad are seven, then am I seven? The mind asks, am I seven? Where am I? And where are the other monads? These are things that begin to uplift the vibration of the mind. Instead of the mind keeping on saying here, one plus two are four, four plus four are eight, instead of staying on this level, it thinks, but how am I seven? How can this be? So you see how things change. The mind changes. It opens up. It leaves its tables behind. It leaves its grammar behind. It gets away from things that belong here and begins to raise other issues that cannot be answered here. How can it know on the level of the mind if it is one, if it is seven, where the other six are? If they are here, in the world of the mind, there is no answer. There is no answer on the mental level. The mental world cannot even begin to answer this because the mind has to keep on stretching. The mind has to keep on opening up. The mind has to link to greater, higher energies so that it can stop being mind and become transformed into something greater, into a vaster perception. All this begins to happen with the radiation of the fiery worlds. If the fiery worlds where the soul is do not begin to radiate these things, the mind can never get beyond two times one equals two. So this requires a different energy. This needs something else. This needs another world to come and to regenerate it, to rescue it, to come and expand it, elevate it. And this is the fiery world. It's this other world that is operating here. And this distant world where our monad enters, where our regent is located, where our avatar is located, this distant world has no more boundaries. The subtle world is limited to our mind. The fiery world has its limits. The fiery world has its planets, 
its spheres, which are not terrestrial. But the distant worlds have no more limits. The distant world encompasses unknown planets. It encompasses the entire universe, the whole cosmos, all the stars. Our being has a lot to learn in these distant worlds and a lot of evolving to undergo and a long way to journey in terms of distance, not in our sense here but using the same word, a long way to go to exist. And it is in these distant worlds that we are going to find certain entities. And when we encounter an entity, we grow very much, because we have this notion that we are an individual, because we are a monad. And when we face an entity in the distant worlds, this entity shows us how we can be after we leave off being individuals because an entity is no longer an individual an entity is a nucleus consisting of numerous consciousnesses and the greater the entity the more consciousnesses it encompasses so there are entities that are made up of human consciousness mineral consciousness plant consciousness animal consciousness angelic consciousness it depends on the level, the magnitude of the entity. The entities are in the distant world, so it's very important that we as monads, as spirits, should become lucid, should become aware, should recognize that we are in these distant worlds for us to get in touch with these things. A monad can already be in contact with entities in the distant worlds. See, it seems that this is only something for the future, but this is happening to us. I know someone who says, it's interesting, I live here, I know that things are happening here, but I'm sure that something completely different is happening to me and I don't know where. Do you see? This is a fiery world or a distant world that is already coming close, that is already influencing. And so we are here, and we're not talking about unbalanced people. We are here very well adjusted. We are very much at ease. Sometimes we don't even want another life. We are quite content with this life here. But suddenly, you get an impression that you are in some other state. And what is here is not life, and that this is about to come to an end. This is not going to end. This is going to be transformed and to go on there too. But you are living here, and you have this clear impression that you are living something different, and you don't know where that your life is something else, that you are a different being, or that you are the same being, but you don't know that part of you which is over there. You have never contacted it. See, these are the worlds that are unifying, that are already intercommunicating. And we who have parts of ourselves in each world begin to feel this too. 
And the first impression the mind has is that it is here, but there is something more. I'm someone else. I'm living somewhere else. We have to be careful not to foment this mentally. If not, we begin to get all unsettled. This is to be felt, to be perceived this way, but immediately realize that this is not to be dealt with in the mind. Leave your mind quiet down here, dealing with its concrete things. Leave your mind here quietly. This is something else. It is another feeling. It is another level of perception. What you are perceiving is in another world. You are perceiving yourself in the fiery world. And over there is not here. You don't know where it is. You don't know what it is. Because all this is still in formation. All this is still in a process of evolution. The inner groups are in the fiery world. And for the soul, this is very important. When the soul is able to absorb, when the soul is able to attract the personality, when the soul no longer has to focus attention here in the subtle world, when the soul no longer has to be so closely attached to the mind, to the emotions, and the physical etheric body, this soul can then begin to perceive its sister souls, the soul can begin to perceive the other souls. It can begin to situate itself in a group of souls, in a group of consciousnesses that are similar to it. And this happens in the fiery world. So we can have a group here and we can be aware of this group, a spiritual group, in which we can participate here. It's something else to be in a group of souls. It's in another world. It is not in this world. The group of souls is in the fiery world. And it is very important for the group of souls to be formed and to be taught because it is in the group of souls that the souls have an entity teaching them. An entity from the distant worlds can be there teaching the group and taking this group to higher and higher levels and the inner schools are also in the fiery world. And these inner schools are very special nuclei of consciousness to which we as monads or as spirits go to learn and to get into contact with these vibrations. And these inner schools in the fiery worlds are the most elementary ones. And later on, we go to inner schools in the distant worlds. And then the more expanded, the more advanced are the distant worlds, the more advanced are the inner schools. We know, for example, that we can have an inner school in Venus. We can have an inner school in Saturn. When I talk of Venus or Saturn, I'm not talking about the planet. I'm talking about the consciousness of that planet, the level of consciousness that is represented by that planet. 
vai para a escola em Saturno, so when the monad goes to a school in Saturn, Saturn, it does not necessarily mean the planet of Saturn. It went to the consciousness that manifested então, the planet of Saturn. Saturno, so if there is a school in Saturn, Saturno, it could be linked to the planet of Saturn in a certain sense. But that school is in the consciousness that generated the planet, Saturn. That school does not have a material form like the planet of Saturn. So no one goes to a planet of Saturn to attend a material school, and no one goes to Venus to enter a material school. When you go to a school, on Venus or Saturn, you are frequenting the consciousness of that planet, of that world, which is a much more advanced consciousness than this earthly consciousness. And when we begin to hold these contacts, we have to take certain care. For example, for you to be able to have these contacts, for this to be able to become a reality for you, when you perceive that you are receiving or that you are in the presence of some energy coming from on high, when you realize that you are in the presence of some energy that comes from another level, you should immediately receive it. You should immediately accept it. Not let your mind interfere there. You should immediately accept it. Because if you perceive that something is flowing down from a higher level, something is flowing from other levels, you can't even recognize it to be an energy. You really don't even know what it is. This is something very subtle, something fiery. So when this begins to flow from another level, you have to receive it immediately. It is up to you to accept that energy. Now, once you have accepted it, and this is an unconscious act, an act of the will, to accept this elevated something, that is received, you should not even think about this elevated something that is being received. Immediately accept it. Accept it, however, immediately offer it up to your soul. Do not begin to work on it with your mind. So if something comes from a high level, if something comes that you recognize as coming from an unknown level, a state, an idea, an impulse, an aspiration. Accept this without even a thought. Obviously, we are talking about positive things. So, accept it without thinking, but be very careful not to interfere in it. Accept it, but do not meddle with it. Do not mull over it. It's a process that is completely different to the intelligent mental process here. It is another process. So we have to enter this process, so accept this totally, then right away give it over to your soul. Don't try to work on it, because you don't know where it came from, you don't know what it is, you don't know what it is going to do, you don't know how to deal with it, you don't even understand what you are receiving. So here we have to be careful not to let the mind come in. The mind has nothing to do with this. This is not something mental. 
So you received it, and your mind perceived it. Then in consciousness, in full consciousness, offer this to your soul. Hand it over completely to your soul, and it is the soul that will do this work. The soul does not receive this directly. Because what comes before the soul, the mind, the personality, our subtle worlds, have to learn something. They have to learn to deal with this, so that one day they can arrive there. So that this is why it comes through our mind, it comes through our sensitivity, it comes through our normal means, except that do not meddle with this with your mind, do not mull over it, do not think about it, do not question this. Do not be surprised, do not be confused, doubting. Do not do anything when this begins to come down. You feel this, immediately accept it. Say, yes, all right, I accept it, I want it. Immediately hand it over to your soul. This is a very important experience. And we would have to train ourselves for this in order for us to contact these pathways so that we can function on these pathways. Because in these supraterrestrial pathways, we do not function by thinking. It's here in the subtle world that we function by thinking. This is where we have to think, to deduce, to conceive, and many people have not learned this yet. But if we understand these things, if we keep these things in our our minds, it will help all this come about. But we hand this to our soul. We hand this over to our soul. And then what happens? The soul hands this over to the energy of the cosmos. So what came from the cosmos, came from on high, goes through us consciously or less consciously, it goes to the soul, and since the soul is altruistic, it gives this back to the soul. This is a test for the soul. If the soul holds on to this, because it is a balm for the soul, it is a glory for the soul. If the soul holds on to it, the soul fails the test. So the soul receives this, and the soul gives it back to the cosmos. The cosmos then takes this and acts on it. And when the cosmos acts, you are part of that action. So then you take part in cosmic action through this process. Then when you take part in cosmic action, in a very simple way, you are on the supraterrestrial pathways, in these fiery worlds, in these distant worlds. But it is the cosmos that takes you. It is the cosmos that gathers up what it sent to you, that went through you, that tested you, that taught you to be detached, that taught you to give it back. So what you return, the cosmos will gather up and put into action. And it is the same way as if you had performed that action. And this expands, this spreads, and you enter the pathways, and you get to understand better what the supraterrestrial worlds are all about.
Pode acontecer na nossa vida. These pathways can happen in our life, in dreams or in awakened states, incarnated or out of incarnation. These happen in our life. Our life is a continuous unit. There is no state of sleep or awakened state. Life here, disincarnated life, life is one. And sleeping or awake, incarnate or disincarnate, we have to be there tranquilly. Because life is one in all these stages. Life is the same whether you are here or sleeping. Life is the same. What happens here goes over there. What happens over there comes here. Life is one. And if your body is sleeping, it's the same life that is going on. If your soul is disincarnating, it's the same life that is going on. It's not another life. It's the same life in another phase, in other stages. You have to learn to unite life. And you don't unify life by creating ties in yourselves. You unify life by not differentiating sleep, awakened state. You have responsibilities while you are sleeping. You have opportunities while you are sleeping for contacts, which you don't have here. Here you have physical contacts or telepathic contacts while you are here awake, but in dreams you have much broader, much freer contacts in the same life. And then from so much living here and dreaming, the soul feels the need to disincarnate, to remove the limitations of life here and to get rid of the limitations of sleep. Sleep is something that is limited. It is within a certain sphere, the sphere of dreams. But to go on farther, one has to disincarnate. So when we disincarnate, it's the same life. There is no discontinuity. It's the same life. Only it will happen in a freer way, with less limitations. Do you see why we have to go? So it is very good for the mind to raise these things, for us to move into this superterrestrial vibration. These pathways exist beyond the pathways we know on Earth, and they are also far beyond the surface of the Earth. As we have seen, we can be on these pathways way outside of the orbit of the Earth, way outside of the orbit of this solar system. The spiritual hierarchies that guide the earth live and function on those levels. The spiritual hierarchies are indirectly active here, or they act here by reflex, or they act here by proxies. But the spiritual hierarchies really function on these levels, and it is on these levels that we find nuclei, real nuclei of life. We find centers, work centers, service centers, healing centers, creative centers. And we find what are called dwellings, which are nuclei of hierarchies that are hierarchical presences that are in charge of what we call the great service. So the great service 
nesses mundos is the service that is rendered in these worlds in these hierarchical dwellings and we train ourselves to render service through serving here our earthly service our service on earth quando nós aspiramos When we aspire the hierarchy, when we aspire to contact the hierarchy, when we aspire to meet the hierarchy, what we really will find are tasks. So the majority would like to meet the hierarchy, to put their heads on the hierarchy's shoulders. These illusions, these human mental illusions, Mas quando você está procurando but when you seek the hierarchy, when you say, yes, but these beings, these consciousnesses that I love so much, how am I going to find them? Tasks. So you must not confuse issues. You have an aspiration to meet the hierarchy. Instead of a mystical ecstasy, instead of meeting a materialized hierarchy, you receive a task. You receive a task that is in the plan of evolution. And that's where the test is. Because when the test comes, uh, this is not what I expected. I wonder if it is really this. I can't do it now. My task is another. But I can't carry it out under these conditions. That's it. You will continue aspiring to meet the hierarchy until you receive a new task. And the hierarchy know all this perfectly well. The hierarchy know that they can only give you a task, that is, you can only find them in the task, because the hierarchy are serving, the hierarchy are the task. The hierarchy are totally identified with the task. And the most direct way for you to find the hierarchy is in the task. For example, the hierarchy says to Helena Rurik, you are going to write 30 books. Those books are the hierarchy. There's no need to wait for the hierarchy. Those 30 books are the task, are the hierarchy. And so if she understands all this, if she fulfills this, then she begins to enter into another level of the task. And by getting into the task, in time, she will get to know an entity. But the way to get there is the task. The hierarchy knows that for someone to really undertake a task and fulfill it, without throwing in personal things and end up doing something different, the individual has to be guided within karma. The individual's will alone is not sufficient. So an individual wants to serve. Ah, so you want to serve? There is a lot of work to be done here on earth. There is a lot of service, and we can take our choice. Now, when you begin to find the hierarchy through service, this is also a karmic factor. It is karma that has to lead you to this, because you will fulfill the task through karma. Here, there is no way you can want another task. But this is something very inward, very subtle. This is no light thing, the way humanity deals with service. Today I can't, I have more important things to do. This is no amusement, the way people carry out here. 
It is service, service of the soul here. But this other, this encounter with the hierarchy, to begin to experience it, we have to be on the supraterrestrial pathways already. Now, there is no way that you can place an individual in a task. There is no way a hierarchy can take over one of us and place us in service. No way. The hierarchy had to wait for karma to bring you to the task, to itself. And then you get to know the hierarchy through the task. See how important it is for us not to distort this process of service here. Not to distort this process of service here, not to distort this and fool ourselves, fool ourselves because service here, work here creates karma. It should be building positive karma. And this positive karma created here, with well-performed service here, with well-fulfilled service here, with service that is very wholehearted and perfect here, this will create a karma that will bring you closer to the great task, the task of the hierarchy. And it is there that you will begin to find the hierarchy. The supporters that we find in these tasks were all brought together through the same process. So when we are placed in a hierarchical task, in the same way that we were before the hierarchy, we will find many other servers there. But they are not servers that we already knew. They are not part of our personal karma. They are not persons of our group. This is something different. This is a characteristic of supraterrestrial life that is completely different to what happens here. Here, to bring together a service group, it is even necessary that these people have some sort of karma linking them together, positive karma. And when you are in the group, you realize that those persons share a good karma among them. They already know one another, they trust one another, work well together, because they have already had this experience in other lives. And at a certain point, instead of joining to build something worldly, they come together to form a service group. But they are already know one another. The group of the great service is different. The group of the great service is made up of those who have found the hierarchy. And when they are working there together as a group, they don't even know one another. They don't know who the other person is. This is different to the situation here. Many who attain this opportunity when they come before the meeting with the hierarchy through the fulfillment of a task they end up applying the same methods of group work as here. They begin to remark with whom they work better, with whom they don't get along. But here, there is nothing of this. Here you are in contact with the other person who has the same level of aspiration as you. It is someone unknown to you. The person has no karmic link with you. The person never lived with you. The person doesn't know you, has never seen you in the universe as solo monad. 
você está esperando colaboradores conhecidos você está esperando quando estas consciências fazem um contato conosco, when these consciousnesses contact us, this contact is carried out for us to begin to recognize and to adapt ourselves to these worlds, to adapt ourselves to these forms of life, this superterrestrial way of life, this superterrestrial way of organizing life. And we get help for this. We are helped and we are even inspired. This should not be confused with contact through mediumship. This is another point that must be made very clear because contact by mediums puts into these things the tone, the energy that is specific to the individual's bodies. So it's not a question of contact through mediums. So this is coming down to us through a pathway of service. When you are in service, you are already in the presence of the hierarchy. You are already in contact. And the tendency is for this service to expand and to deepen. Those who adapt themselves more readily to this type of service, that is, those who are seeking the hierarchies, seeking the elder brothers, and who found service, and those who took on the service without any restrictions, Those are the ones who are recognized to begin to be inspired and to begin to be drawn closer to these levels, to these worlds, to begin to participate in the greater service. And this greater service is the one which gives impulses for the evolution of these levels. Because we are in the subtle worlds to absorb, to learn, to use, to deal with, but we are in the fiery worlds to learn how to give evolutionary impulse so that the fiery world itself may evolve. So in the fiery world, there is the evolution of the fiery world itself. And the beings who are there are participating in the evolution of the fiery world. Do you see that this is another level of consciousness? For us to begin to be aware of these things, We really have to be willing to live differently, to be different, to find in ourselves a different life. But this is an aspiration. This does not happen here. It is not carried out with the mind. It is not with your mind that you are going to seek a different life. And it's not with your mind in the subtle world that you are going to seek how to be different. This is an illusion of the personality. You will be different when you have found this service, that is, when you have found the hierarchy, and then the process begins, which is the process of the world where that is happening. It is the process of the fiery world. 
By analogy, we can surmise, for example, that an inhabitant of Saturn is living a process of evolution that is totally different to ours. Here we are living our evolution on Earth. In Saturn, they are probably living Saturn's evolution. They are living the evolution of that world. So if they are living the evolution of Saturn and not their own, because this is included there, if they are living the evolution of Saturn consciously, they become prepared for the evolution of distant worlds. And the evolution of distant worlds is not any one of us journeying there and living our own life there. Evolution in the distant worlds is to take part in the evolution of the distant worlds themselves. This is the supraterrestrial life. And we must not fear work, because this is continuous labor, continuous service. There is no sleep, no vacation, no rest. This is another level. This is continual work, continual service. Here, no part of the being should be holding back. Here, there is nothing of this giving a sigh. Ah, you know, when you know you have to do something, you spontaneously give a sigh. You fall into hell with that. You go right back to the beginning. You go back to the starting point of the way. And you have to forget your existence because this is another existence. You are existing in another kind of existence. You are existing in the kind of existence of Venus. You are existing in the existence of Saturn. You are existing in the existence of the fiery world, the distant world. For this to begin to happen, you have to give up your own existence. Do not consider yourself to be existing anymore. Do not take your own existence so seriously. This existence that you defend so fiercely is not your existence. Your existence is the existence of the cosmos. Your existence is the existence of the universe. It's not your own existence. So when you are dealing with your own existence, you are on earth, you are on the earthly pathways. When you have already forgotten your existence, when you no longer have any limits to existence, that's when you begin to enter enter these pathways, Muito enter bem. this process. Well, é muito importante, então, o nosso objetivo, so our aim is very important then, because isto. if our aim is earthbound, then all this comes to As an end. These things will not get started. The things of the earth are to be restructured, renewed. The things of the earth are to be transformed. The things here on earth are to stop being the way they are. They are to become different. Our aim is not the things of the earth. Whoever still has any aim on earth will first have to learn something to then enter these superterrestrial pathways. Those who have the most noble aim here on Earth still have to go through this preparation, 
por estas vías. But they are not really treading these pathways. So you have to know what your aim is. Because if your aim is earthly, you are on the terrestrial pathways. And the terrestrial pathways have a lot to teach us, as you know. We haven't even finished our terrestrial pathways yet. We have not even arrived. We may be only halfway along, but this has nothing to do with the terrestrial pathway. We have to be on earth without any aim here. Christ said, be in the world, but not of the world. Be in the world without belonging to the world. So what is your aim then? Because you have to be here without belonging here. What choice do you have? Because this is going to reflect on the way you are in the world. So you have no aim in this world. The aim is another. You have to ask yourself what this aim is. This aim should become manifest to you. You have to examine it to see if it is not earthly. Do you have an aim here? Let it go. You don't have it anymore. You don't have it anymore, but it has to be fulfilled. You don't just abandon things like that. You have to let go of yourself, not of things, the world, life, because all these need you. All this needs your energy, all this needs your work. And all this needs the service of the hierarchy through you. Here you have to see what your aim is and what choice you make in regard to this aim. Because you can perceive that you have an aim that is not earthly, that is superterrestrial. But what is your choice? Your first choice is this aim. I wonder if this choice is wholehearted. I wonder if this choice is real. You will find this out when you are serving, when you receive service, when you receive a task, when you see how you react to this.